I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I have a, a hobby of skimming Craigslist while drunk. Most of the time, I'll stick to discussion posts for my area. Sometimes I'll check out gigs or for sale but my favorite category was lost and found. You can learn a lot about your neighbors based on the things they lose and how hard they try to get things back. I've seen weird posts before lost refrigerator, crystal skull, once even a missing prosthetic leg, but missing twin was a horse of a whole different flavor. And it was so casual. There was already a hangover headed my way, so I figured another beer or two wouldn't add much to the damage. At that point, I was already roaring drunk teetering right on the edge of a blackout, but not quite there yet. After another beer, I made a mistake that ended up costing me a lot. I replied to the Craigslist ad, Hi, I think I might be your missing twin. How are things? I'm not sure why I sent that. I remember being bored, fuzzy, and curious. I also remember being so close to closing my laptop and calling it a night. Then the owner of the Craigslist ad replied almost immediately, I missed you. Oh, we got a live one, I slurred, opening another beer. That was the drink that sent me over the hammered but aware cliff plummeting down into Wasted Valley. I woke up the next morning with a headache like somebody opened a strip mine behind my eyeballs. 
there were 26 unread emails in my inbox. I took a leak, then returned to my living room still in my underwear and plopped down on the couch with my computer. Heavy curtains kept out painful sunshine. The only light came from the blue glow of my laptop screen. It wasn't even bright enough to reveal the bottles and clothes and Chinese takeout boxes scattered around my apartment. I opened the first email. Twin, where did you go? My heart crawled up to my throat. The Craigslist weirdo had my email. Did I give him my email address the night before? Sometimes I got a little too trusting when I blacked out. Damn, damn, damn. I opened another email, then another. All were from the Craigslist poster, and all were some variation of asking me where I went. For some reason, I felt compelled to open all of them. The last message was a single word. Meet? I closed the laptop and rubbed my temple. My hangover was shifting into a higher gear. Shit. So a rando on Craigslist had my email. Not the end of the world, though. My full name was part of the email address. Shit. It was a common name. And I lived in a big city. I should be safe. That's what I kept telling myself all day as I lay curled on the couch, TV droning unwatched behind me. I ordered tacos from DoorDash. I slept. When I checked my computer again, there were another eight messages. I decided to retire the email address and close the account. I figured the Craiglister was just an oddball. Harmless. It was back to the usual routine after that. My hangover was barely a greasy echo by the time I went to work the following day. Riding on the subway that morning, a strange sensation, little hairs prickling on the back of my neck. Someone was watching me. I scanned the crowded subway car, but didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. The sensation of being watched stuck with me until I reached my stop. Then, in a blink, it was gone. Yet the memory lingered with me all through the morning as I sat in my cubicle. I was distracted, unable to work, staring at a blank spreadsheet for an hour. Somehow, I made it to lunch. I bolted from the office like a raccoon from a burning dumpster. The moment I left the building, I felt the sensation again. My watcher. I hurried through the city, dodging people on the sidewalk. When there was a gap in the press, I turned to see if I was being followed. A man was standing in the middle of the road blocking traffic. He was too far away to see clearly, though there was something familiar about him. Cars were honking, but he stood scarecrow still. Then he waved. No matter how many turns I took or intersections I sprinted through, the feeling clung to me. Eventually, I ducked into a grimy pub, nearly slipping on a puddle of unidentified liquid at the door. It was dark in the room. I slid into a corner booth, keeping my eye on the entrance. My hands were shaking. For the first time in my life, I felt hunted. After a few minutes of watching the door without anyone coming in, I let out a breath and slouched into the booth. Maybe I'd lost my watcher. The relief lasted about twenty seconds. That's when I noticed the man leaning against the bar. He was staring at me, smiling. I didn't recognize him at all, and he had a face I'd remember. Watery eyes, a broken nose badly set, and teeth like little gravestone. I realized why he seemed familiar. The stranger was dressed exactly like me. Exactly. Same tan chinos, same blue button-down shirt, same haircut. It was like looking at my reflection in a funhouse mirror. When the man saw I was aware, he picked up two beers from the bar, walked over, and sat down opposite me in the booth. Finally found you, he said, voice higher than I expected. Do I know you? I was weighing my options, wondering if I should bolt to the door. Such a joker, the stranger said, letting out a little chuckle. You've been a bad twin. I missed you. I leaned back. Dude, I have no idea who you are. The stranger looked down at the table. I know this is unusual. I apologize. I, my brother. He passed away a few years back. It really left a hole. 
You know how they say twins have an extra bond, that they can sense each other. With him gone, that feeling I had my whole life just faded out. Imagine looking up at the sky every night and all of a sudden there are no more stars and never will be again. I don't know what to say. This isn't your problem. I'm sure I'm freaking you out. You see, I post those ads as a coping mechanism. Sometimes, people play along and for a moment, it's like he's back. That's all I thought this was, but I can see I've upset you. I apologize. The stranger blinked his wet blue eyes and nodded to himself. I was at a bit of a loss. I think maybe this is a misunderstanding I offered. I shouldn't have replied to your ad. I came on strong. How about one beer, we part ways, and I won't bother you again. Some part of my brain, an old part that developed long ago when we still had to watch the tall grass for hungry eyes, it was warning me to leave. But I was so relieved to find out that my watcher was a sad man, not some monster. What was the harm in one drink? I woke up with my cheek pressed against cold concrete. This was the grandmother of all hangovers. I wanted to touch my head to check for a buried axe, but my hands were stuck, tied behind my back. I was laying on the floor in the dark. We don't really look much alike, a voice whispered from somewhere nearby. I was awfully depressed to see that. Not twins at all. Not yet. What the shit, I mumbled, face a little numb. There was the pop of a light bulb. And the yellow-orange glow, I saw I was in an empty storage unit, the type you'd rent to fill with boxes of junk and old furniture. There were mattresses duct-taped to the walls. The stranger from the bar was standing over me. Light caught on the edge of the straight razor he was unfolding. We were still dressed the same. He leaned down. If I can't look like you, little twin, maybe we can change things. Rearrange. Trim. I remember screaming for a long time. The mattresses. They must have been good soundproofing. No one came looking no matter how loud I shrieked. The pain was everywhere. It started at my face, but it lit up every nerve, a scalding electric feeling that left me shaking. I've never tasted so much blood. My last memory inside the storage unit was the stranger sitting down at my feet. He was crying. Not good enough, he said. Not even close. Another blackout washed over me, and I prayed I wouldn't wake up, that it would be over. This time when I opened my eyes, I saw a white light. Then a shadow leaned down. I would have screamed if my mouth wasn't full of something soft and dry. Still with us? A voice asked. I mumbled. Don't try talking, the voice continued. Your mouth, your tongue, uh, there's some damage. But you're safe now. You're in the hospital. I reached for my face. Cotton bandages covered everything from my neck to my scalp. They were wet, my fingers sticking briefly before I pulled them away. I'm still not sure why the stranger stopped cutting me. Maybe he wasn't seeing whatever he hoped to find, so he dumped me outside an ur and disappeared. The doctors tell me I have options. Reconstructive surgery is always evolving, they say, always improving. With time and luck, I might be able to get about 75% back to normal. Maybe even 80%. I still don't look when they change the bandages. Eventually, I'll have to. For the time being, I like to distract myself. They lent me a laptop, and I've been trying to write, keeping a journal. I'm not sure why I checked Craigslist this morning, but I felt drawn to it. The post was only a few hours old. The location had shifted from downtown to the north side of the city, but the wording was horribly familiar. Missing twin. Have you seen him? Cash reward. Do not contact me with unsolicited services or offers. Sometime after getting my job at Walmart in 2008, I was looking for ways to make some extra money. So I started to list some things on Craigslist to sell. 
I listed my first-generation iPhone for sale and received quite a bit of calls about it. One girl offered me a little more than I asked for if I would meet with her that day to sell it to her. Being that I was looking to make extra money, I agreed. We spoke on the phone and then agreed on a time and place to meet. Fast forward a few hours later, at about 7 p.m. still daylight I went to the place she told me she wanted to meet at, and no one was in the parking lot. We agreed to meet at a public place with lots of people, and I honestly had no idea about the area where I was. I started to feel a little off about this transaction, and it was a few cities over from where I lived. Initially I refused, but I just kept thinking that I could really use the extra money at that point. I stupidly let her choose a place because talking to her, I got the vibe that she was a good person. I used that term as loosely as it could be, so I trusted her judgment, believing that another woman could not do anything to me stupid thinking. She calls me after I had waited for her for about 25 minutes and tells me that her car broke down a few blocks away, but she was still completely interested in buying my iPhone. I asked her the directions and drove to meet her. By the time I made it to where she told me she was, it had gotten dark. Naturally, I felt weird about meeting her, but again, I was desperate for extra cash at this point. I sat there in my car with the windows rolled up, looking for a broken down car, and there was none in sight. I got scared and said, F it, I'm leaving, and up walks this tall skinny tan girl and a short and stocky girl. Hey, are you Hannah? I said. Yes, hey, bye-bye, she says. Yes, this is my friend Margot. Can I see the phone? Me? Sure. I take the phone and show it to her and tell her that it works great and that I'm only selling it because of an emergency. All of the sudden, someone hits me in face. I was disoriented for a moment and confused to what happened. Then I see Bibai and Margot running away with my phone. I was pissed. To the highest level of festivity, but not because they stole the phone because she hit me. To give you a background about me, I am a former kickboxer and I'm a pretty thick girl but I take no shit, especially if you hit me. So I ran after those bitches and ending up catching the thicker girl Margot. I grabbed her by her hair and rammed her head into my knee and proceeded to beat the F out of her. Bibai comes back as I am on top of Margot, trying to pull me off. But, being that I was kickboxing heavily at this time, I was able to keep Margot beneath me by kicking her under her arms and ribs with my knees to keep her down. Bibai screams, Get up you bitch, and starts to wail on me with the most weakest punches ever. Blood is literally everywhere. Margot's face was nearly recognizable when I was done with her. She had already dropped my phone, but I was highly pissed because she hit me. I get up off of her and they start to run off, basically with their tails in their ass. I got my phone back, along with a headache from the punch. I called the police to report what happened and found that it was actually a rock she hit me with. A 10 LB rock to be exact. I went to the emergency room to treat my wound, but nothing has become of it to this day. After that, I ended up getting robbed at gunpoint for my iPhone on Craigslist. You would think after the first incident I would be done with Craigslist, but what can I say? I just hoped it wouldn't be as bad as the first. Obviously, I was wrong. Tried to sell a vehicle on Craigslist. An older vehicle, but in great shape, no problems. Also, I grew up with a mechanic for a father, so it got old real quick anytime some shithead old guy showed up and started pointing at things and telling me they were a problem, dismissing me as an emptied-headed kid. Basically a stream of Russian and Indian dudes acting like they knew what the F they were talking about and trying to rip me off. I put every one of them in their place and told a few of them to F off and ended the meeting there. I never really sold something prior to this and wasn't prepared for the rage that comes from someone lying to your face and trying to rip you off. And knowing with 100%. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence, they're wrong. Oh, boy. One test drive around the block, though got uncomfortable, and the guy wanted to keep driving for a long time. Had to threaten him to get him out of the driver's seat. Every test drive after that I had my pistol on me, and I sat in the back seat so they and their friends were in my view. Oh yeah, everyone came with friends, usually three or more, making it more uncomfortable. When I finally sold that damn thing to a nice couple expecting their first baby, I was so happy. Wasn't even my vehicle. It was a family member moving out of town, and they couldn't afford to tow it long distance, and they were going to sell it for $500. I got them three grand, so I gave them wanting $500 and kept wanting $500. Such a headache. But I did buy a great Trek bike afterwards, though, so it worked out well. Many years ago, a friend of mine who was giving me a lift from a meeting asked if we could make a detour one town over to check out some puppies. He had been dealing off and on with a breeder, and the breeder had called and said the puppies were ready to be given to new owners. This was an ad from Craigslist. This was before GPS was cheap, so we had to take out an old DC map to try and find where this guy was in Manassas. It turned out that he was on a very rural piece of property down a dirt road. We ended up at a house that looked like it was about to fall apart. One of the walls was heavily leaning outwards, and there was hoarding and trash all over the place. The guy met us at a screen door that was being held on by two ropes and lifted upwards. We went down the hallway that was clogged with boxes of trash, and we came across one box with a heat lamp, where there were a bunch of puppies. Now, I don't know much about Labrador Retriever pups, but these pups looked awfully young and lethargic. They looked like the type of dogs who had just opened their eyes. I pointed this out, there was a woman there in a house coat, he started screaming at me that I knew nothing about dogs, and she'd been raising lab pups all her life. Okay. So my friend started asking about where the mother was. We were told constantly that she was. Out and about, she'll be back soon. The wild thing felt wrong, especially because these people wanted to be paid cash, and seemed to be nervous that my friend wanted to take the puppy to a vet to be checked out. Eventually, things got a little heated, and both my friend and I decided to leave and think about it for a while. I suspected the puppies were stolen, but my friend thought that that was unlikely for whatever reason. After a day or so, my friend called me and said that he had second thoughts, and decided to contact a local vet. Sure enough, the puppies were stolen. There was a breeder who was about 20 miles away who reported that all his puppies were stolen from his garage a few days earlier. My friend ended up contacting the police, giving the address, and showing them the Craigslist ad. As far as I know, the puppies were recovered and given back to the owners or mother. It was a chilly autumn evening when I had first won the Gleaming Galaxy tablet in a local contest. Excitement surged through me as I unwrapped the precious device, marveling at its sleek design and powerful features. But as time went on, I realized I didn't need it as much as someone else might. So, I decided to put it up for sale on Craigslist. A few days later, a woman named Rebecca reached out, explaining it was her daughter's birthday and she was looking for a gift. She offered to pay the asking price without haggling, and we agreed to meet at a nearby coffee shop. 
Handing over the tablet, we exchanged pleasantries, and I wished her daughter a happy birthday. Months passed, and I had almost forgotten about the tablet sale. Then one evening, my phone rang, and I saw it was a call from an unknown number. I answered it, only to be met with an enraged voice on the other end. It was Rebecca, and her tone was anything but friendly. She demanded her money back, insisting that her daughter had carelessly broken the tablet. Stunned by the audacity of her request, I calmly explained that the sale had been final, and I couldn't be held responsible for any damage incurred after the transaction. Her anger escalated, and she began hurling insults, threatening legal action if I didn't comply with her demands. I hung up, thinking that would be the end of it, but it was just the beginning of a nightmare. Rebecca seemed to be consumed by a relentless obsession, and her anger quickly spilled onto social media. My Facebook page became a breeding ground for her vicious comments and unwarranted accusations. She dug through my photos, learned about my family, and began targeting them as well. I felt trapped in a digital horror show, unable to escape the relentless torment of this woman who had once been a mere customer. Every post I made, every photo I shared, was met with her malevolent comments, and her constant monitoring of my online activities sent shivers down my spine. My life had taken a dark turn, and I began to question whether it was worth the trouble. Then, one fateful afternoon, as I was out running errands, my phone pinged with a notification. It was a message from a neighbor, alerting me to a suspicious-looking woman lingering around my house. Panic seized me, and I rushed home, my heart pounding with fear. What I saw upon my return left me paralyzed with dread. Rebecca was standing on my doorstep, glaring at me with a wild and menacing look in her eyes. The once friendly woman who had purchased the Galaxy tablet now appeared unhinged and dangerous. Her presence at my doorstep sent a cold shiver down my spine as I realized just how far she had gone. I confronted her, demanding that she leave immediately, but she remained defiant. With a manic laugh, she accused me of ruining her daughter's birthday and ruining their lives. It was as though she had lost touch with reality, spiraling into madness over a tablet. Panicked and fearing for my safety, I called the police. It was only with their intervention that Rebecca finally retreated, leaving my life in tatters. The nightmare didn't end with her arrest, though, as the experience had forever scarred me. I learned that the digital world, where transactions were made behind screens and usernames, could also be a breeding ground for obsession and torment. Even now, when I look at the Galaxy tablet, I can't help but feel a lingering sense of unease. It serves as a chilling reminder of how a simple online sale can turn into a terrifying ordeal leaving behind scars that may never fully heal. Woman was asking for some help with it related things. She was a private investigator and needed some help figuring out those Wi-Fi cameras. It turns out they were for her father with Alzheimer's disease, so after I assisted her, I refused payment it was the right thing to do, and also she might have been a good contact later on. Few months go by, and she made a Facebook post about trying to find a home for a dog. I had lost my dog in a breakup a couple weeks beforehand. We discuss it, the dog was at her friend's house across the state. A friend and I make a seven-hour road trip across the state and get the dog. Had flipper about a day before I got the text. So I've decided to give the dog to my friend. On um, what? She'll pick him up as soon as possible. You do realize I just drove across the state to get this dog. This went on for a while, between herself, me, and the friend. Her friend was a real piece of work that I guess was being wishy-washy over taking the dog before I came into the picture. It was for the friend's father, who was in his mid-90s and didn't move much. I outright refused, because damn it, I loved that dog. Then the mean texts started coming. Pie lady, don't do this. We know your address. 
don't mess with me. Friend, you're a loser and my dad can afford to care for the dog and lives in a nicer area. I'm an engineer and live in an alright neighborhood. Pie lady, this is pathetic. Get over your girlfriend and get a cat or something. And so on. I realized that I didn't have the mental fortitude to fight a potentially nasty battle against two bored, wealthy, mid-fifty-year-old women. I told her that she needed to come get the dog that night. She argued, but then showed up a couple hours later with what appeared to be a wicked wine buzz. She tried shoving a couple Benjamins into my hand when I opened the door. I pushed her hand away and put the dog on the ground and slammed the door in her face. It was incredibly satisfying. It was a brisk fall afternoon when my husband and I set out to purchase a chaise lounge from a Facebook sale group. The seller, a woman who was moving to Florida, had posted the ad, and we quickly arranged for a pickup at her house. With the anticipation of a good deal, we drove to the seller's home, located in a quiet suburban neighborhood. Upon our arrival, we noticed the well-maintained exterior of the house, adorned with colorful flowers and a white picket fence. It was a picturesque home, and we expected a straightforward transaction. The seller, whom we had corresponded with on Facebook, had assured us that the chaise lounge was in excellent condition. However, as we stepped out of our truck, we couldn't help but notice the unsettling absence of the wife. She had been our point of contact throughout the sale, but now she was nowhere to be found. Instead, the husband greeted us at the door, offering a polite but somewhat uneasy smile. He ushered us inside, and we followed him into the cozy living room, where the chaise lounge was placed. The room was dimly lit, and the atmosphere inside was strangely tense. Something felt off, and it was evident that this house held a secret that had yet to be revealed. As we approached the chaise lounge, the man's two young children, a boy and a girl, ran into the room, their faces contorted with anguish. No, but daddy, the little girl cried out, her voice quivering with desperation. That's my favorite, the boy exclaimed, clutching his chest in a dramatic display of distress. The sudden outburst of the children took us by surprise. It was as if they had an unspoken connection to the chaise lounge, something beyond a mere piece of furniture. We exchanged uncertain glances, wondering if there was more to this than met the eye. Nevertheless, we didn't want to cause any further distress, so we agreed to purchase the chaise lounge, as initially planned. The husband seemed relieved, and he offered to help us carry the furniture out to our truck. My husband, trying to make polite small talk, decided to inquire about their upcoming move to Florida. So you guys are moving to Florida. He began, but before he could finish his sentence, the husband's demeanor abruptly shifted. He silenced my husband with a stern finger to his lips and shook his head vehemently, his eyes darting nervously towards the children. It was clear that the kids were unaware of their impending move, and this revelation was not to be spoiled. We exchanged brief pleasantries, completed the transaction, and made our way back to the truck with the chaise lounge in tow. As we drove away from the picturesque suburban neighborhood, we couldn't shake the eerie feeling that something dark and mysterious lurked beneath the surface of that seemingly idyllic family home. What secrets were they keeping from their children? Why were the kids so attached to that particular piece of furniture? The enigmatic encounter left us with more questions than answers, and as we continued our journey, we couldn't help but wonder what other mysteries were hidden within the confines of that suburban house in Florida. When my husband and I first moved in together, we decided to get a few cheap furniture items from Craigslist. I browsed around and saw a pair of bedside tables that that woman was advertising that were gorgeous and in great condition. I messaged her and she said to come and pick them up and I could have them for free. 
I was shocked she would just give them away. She originally advertised them for $50, but now said she just wanted them gone. She was a bit far away, but we thought it would be fun to take a little road trip anyway, stop and look at the countryside on our way there. After a scenic four-hour drive, we got to the woman's house. We were both immediately overcome with a creepy feeling we could not explain. We joked about her being a serial killer before we got out of the car. Her house was falling apart. Her lawn was so overgrown you could barely see where her front yard was, and all around there were statues of human-animal hybrid creatures, like gargoyles, almost. We walked up her garden path, a clearing amongst the tall grass, and knocked on her door. While we are waiting, I notice she has wind chimes on her deck made of steak knives. I nudge my husband and point them out to him, and he just shrugs. Maybe she is into craft or something, we thought. He've seen similar wind chimes done with spoons, so it wasn't that weird, but definitely not something you see every day. She wasn't answering the door, so we knock on the door again, but there is still no answer. My husband squinted and looked through the tiny glass pane on the door. He then made a strange face and suddenly said, Let's go. My heart leaped into my throat, and we quickly made our way back through her creepy front yard and back into our car and drove away. I was so confused. I really wanted those tables, but I was also scared of what he had seen. I asked him what was wrong. He said that when he looked into the glass pane, he saw the woman staring back at him with a crazy smile. He said she was honestly the most frightening-looking person he had ever seen. I asked him why she was so scary-looking, and he said her eyes and mouth were so big they didn't look real. I'm scared to think of what she would have done to us if we hadn't left. Careful on Craigslist, kids.